The first uh, a reading from the Vietnamese teacher Thich Nhat Hanh on the meaning of this uh, notion of sati or mindfulness. He says, I'll use the term sati or mindfulness to refer to keeping one's consciousness alive to the present reality. Mindfulness is the miracle by which we restore ourselves. It is the miracle which can call back in a flash our dispersed mind and restore it to wholeness so that we can live each minute of life. Thus mindfulness is at the same time a means and an end, the seed and the fruit. Mindfulness itself is the life of awareness. Mindfulness enables us to live. So we want to continue today the exploration and the practices uh, started yesterday. The, the rhythm of the day will be the same as yesterday. We'll, we have that uh, after we arrive, we have the warm-up, we'll have the same in the afternoon warm-up, and then we have We'll have, we'll have a sustained period uh, with the formal meditation, both sitting and walking, and um, I'll give a short talk now to, to preface that. And then we move into the dance um, and come back for sitting and move into lunch, the lunch awareness practice. And then uh, in the afternoon, again, a short warm-up period, uh, We'll be focusing the afternoon particularly on bringing the practice home, on, on integration. So there'll be a short talks, some uh, practices, exercises, and a dance that will help us also uh, integrate in different ways. And we'll, we'll come into closing again about, about 4.30. And a particular emphasis today will be on both sustaining the practices introduced and begun yesterday, and also extending those practices in different ways so we're not just doing inner practices. So actually our attention is starting to go more outward, which is connected with the integration theme. And so we'll actually do a short dance outside. We'll be bringing in the meditations, not just awareness of the body as an inner experience, but also the experience of the body known in an outward way, such as knowing a tree, being with another body in motion as we're dancing and so forth. So I wanted to speak some now, followed by some formal meditation, because I had an inspiration last night. I don't know where this came from, but I very suddenly had a seven-step process for awakening in the body. (laughs) Outlined. (laughs) And I thought I had to share it with you. (laughs) I was going to talk about something else, but that came came to me. So this may be inspiring. And it really is uh, not something that we should presume that we'll complete by the end of the day. (laughs) That um, embodied awakening through meditation and sacred dance is a longer process. It could take at least a week or two. (laughs) Depends on motivation. There 
at the end of the text on the foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha says, yes, you could really practice this for seven years. No, you could really practice it for seven months. No, seven days, if you really do it resolutely, it will all happen. You know, so and I think it, I'll, maybe I'll get the exact text. I think it actually says even a shorter amount of time. If, if the motivation is, Seven seconds. Is, 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 is right. <laughs> But it is, it is um, I'll, I'll give seven steps and we may be able to locate ourselves, having in some ways done all of them, but we may be predominantly really focused more on one of them. And these are interrelated. And so maybe I'll just name them, name the seven, and then I'll go through them briefly. And probably I could you know, give a, um, a much longer talk than I want to give, but I'll, this is going to be brief. Uh, so the first is connect with the body. The second is observe what blocks awareness of the body. The third is stabilize awareness in the body. The fourth is balance awareness of the body with awareness of the heart and the mind. And develop in those areas if we need to. The fifth is through awareness of the body, open up to the wisdom of the body. Open up to insight into the nature of things. The sixth is continue opening even more deeply. (laughs) Open up to primordial awareness. And the seventh is Bring all of this out into the world. Okay, so. Can you almost Well, I'll go through them and just say a little bit about each of them. But that, that's what I wanted to share. And again, to do this fully could be a multi-year or lifetime of practice. And I've actually I've been contemplating with with some friends doing like a two-year curriculum on body practices, right? Which Everyone says yes, and I say, but I'm going to be more aware of the body. I don't want to be overly busy. <laughs> so I have to deal with that one. So, but, but I hear some encouragement for such a program. <laughs> so in any case, so, uh, so it's really, this would be taking awareness of the body as a, as a spiritual path, as a um, taking embodied practice as a path of awakening. And for all of these, I think there's, there's a dimension that we do, a dimension of these practices that we do in protected environments, like formal meditation, like coming to Spirit Rock, like maybe the protection of a dance class or, you know, where there are like-minded people and so forth. The dance circle. The dance circle. Excellent. Yeah. And, th- and then there's, <laughs> and then there's, then there's the dimension of bringing it out into everyday life, right? So we we continually move between protected environments, and then taking it out into areas where there's less support, in a sense, less protection, where we have to be with some of what was mentioned this morning, to be with challenging situations, and we still want to bring those practices 
in have them be alive. So in everything that I'm saying, think of it as both more of a, so to speak, inner practice and also an outer practice, if we can use that language. So first is to connect with the body. And probably uh, some of us, for some of us, this was something that we've been feeling connected for a long time. For some of us, it's uh, more recent, you know. And connecting with the body through awareness. As I was mentioning, one can be very physically active and not aware of the body, you know, as I was describing my own experience. And I've talked with some of you. Uh, even can be engaged in wonderful dance, physical activity, but awareness is another matter, really having that inner awareness. And so here we're interested in connecting directly with the, the body, as it were, generally free of thinking and concepts, being more with the direct experience of the body. And we, some of that is a matter of intention, but all of our body practices, meditation, dance, yoga, other practices, just walking, can be places where we connect. So a lot of it is the intention to keep connecting with the body. Again, we can do it in these formal practices where, you know, we're up here, you know, rooting for each of us and saying, connect with the body, connect with the body, (laughs) connect with the body. And then in daily life, we need to keep uh, repeating to ourselves as you're, you know, whatever, uh, walking down the streets of San Rafael or San Francisco or Oakland and, and just keep muttering to yourself, connect with the body, connect with the body, connect with the body. Okay, that's, that's the first. You know, again, these are, I think, all interrelated and it's not, not necessarily a linear uh, set of steps. You know. The second is observe what blocks awareness of the body. And again, a lot of that will come up when we're trying to connect with the body. Observe that which blocks awareness of the body. And this could be our very, very active thinking, which we've looked at, which again is deeply conditioned by the culture. It could be uh, just being very busy, having a lot of stimulation. Uh, Could be, you know, one's thinking, one's concepts, could be concepts about the body. You know, uh, that I don't want to go there or I don't want to experience that because maybe there's shame or there's self-consciousness or whatever. You know, so we want to see all the different habits, patterns, even wounds that make it harder to be with the body. For some of us, I mentioned yesterday, there may be some background of trauma that makes it actually unsafe to be in the body. You know, and if that's the case, it's their ways to move through that and heal that so that one can come back more back to the body. You know. The third is to stabilize awareness in the body. That's a lot. <laughs> so you can see with the third step, we're already quite down the road. <laughs> right? How do we... And it really takes this continual practice. And we may stabilize awareness first for a day like today. We may be mostly aware of the body for a day like today, and then it's harder with our daily lives. And so we stabilize it where we can. Maybe we stabilize awareness of the body in meditation. Maybe we're on a retreat. You know, I remember uh, when I was first, did my first retreat, I was a student. 
And I was, you know, supposed to be thinking all the time, at least in the mode of education that we had at the time. Hopefully there's more embodied education these days, but... Uh, no. There's bits of it. Bits of it. Bits I of see it shaking happening. of some heads, you know. So, but for me it was thinking all the time, and then when I did my first retreat, I remember, I remember having these discussions with Jack Kornfield. I, I would ask him, can you really be free of concepts? And we would have these conceptual discussions about, <laughs> <laughs> about being free of concepts. And he said, yes, I've been free of concepts for weeks at a time. <laughs> and I, I talk about it some more. <laughs> you know, and, and then uh, when I experienced being on retreat, I actually experienced that. Some of that's connected with level of concentration, which develops in meditation. When, when the concentration gets uh, deep enough, uh, thinking is actually temporarily suppressed. And one can have the experience of being just with the body for hours or for minutes, for hours, and even predominantly for days. And that's, that is an incredible experience. I think probably most of us have had experience of stabilizing for some period of time. It could be a shorter time or a longer time. And so gradually we get stabilized in a protected environment and then we gradually bring that stabilization out into all the parts of our lives. So that's a lot, right? Again, a fourth aspect is that along the way we need to connect the body, if, it, if, there, if it's not connected, more fully with the heart and the mind. Right? And that's going to be different, look different for different people. You know, that we can be very aware of our bodies and not much in our hearts. Right? It's possible. Um, I've been in training programs where we were wanting to really integrate all three of those. It was really interesting to hear people say, well, I'm really in my heart, but I'm not much in my body. And some people would say, I'm really in my body, but you know, my heart is a little bit closed. Right? And the mind, forget it. <laughs> you know? So it's very, it's very interesting. We each have different different levels of development. So, and there are all sorts of ways to do that work, you know, from psychological means to, for me, <coughs> um, the, the metta practice, the meditative practice of opening the heart, compassion practice been very crucial. Just a lot of relational connections we have, the heart can naturally open. So how do we keep developing the body but have it be connected to the heart and our, wisdom, our growing wisdom? So there's a lot there. That could be unpacked in various ways. And then the fifth is, when we are reasonably integrated in terms of heart, mind, and body, when we're reasonably stabilized in the body, it really permits us to go more deeply into the wisdom aspects. And to, I brought, yesterday I brought in the wisdom teaching of the three characteristics of seeing change and impermanence, of really noticing suffering more clearly and the roots of suffering, which is right at the core of the traditional Buddhist teachings, you know, which is, says that the, the center of human life is to transform our suffering and move to happiness and fulfillment, right? Simple, right? Yeah. Simple idea, whereas they say, simple in concept, hard in practice, <laughs> right? Um, but we start you know, part of the practice is continually seeing, and this really comes along with all of these steps, seeing where the patterns of suffering are, where we suffer in relation to the body, the mind, the heart. That's an ongoing study. And then the last was looking into how we 
sometimes because of conditioning and patterns and sometimes wounds, we have often a thick sense of self. It can be take the form of what we sometimes call ego or self-aggrandizement or self-image. It can take the place of wound. You know, I remember one of the Tibetan teachers I studied with, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, he said, timidity is such an ego trip. Ah. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. You think of it, it's actually ego is not, or that sense of thick self is not just about the good self, it's also about the negative views of self. Very, very similar. And so we look into that and we deepen and we continually, we can use the body for that. We use the body as a pathway to open to wisdom. It's quite, quite beautiful. And then the sixth step is a deepening in, in wisdom. I could say a lot about this, but I won't say too much. It's this way that actually when we look into those three characteristics, we actually can go deeper in each of them. We go deeper into the nature of change, and we start to see what Buddhists call emptiness, or the lack of solidity of things. It can be a bodily experience where we experience our being more as this energy field connected with other interdependent energy fields. We can open to that way of experiencing. And similarly with the other characteristics, we can really see how things are just happening as they are. And when we fixate on anything or get stuck on anything, there's suffering. And then we can also look further into that radical sense of interdependence and open to what in many traditions is called a kind of primordial awareness in which there's freedom and in which there's still a sense of individuality and body, but there's a deep sense of interconnection. This is really one way of understanding what awakening in the deepest sense means. And then the seventh step is to bring all this back out into our world and into our lives and let the body, in a sense, lead us. You know, taking this path of a body, we let the body and the deep connection with the body, which opens us up to our intuitions, opens us up to our deep sense even of vocation which is grounded in the body, the body intuitions about what is right to do, that movement. We bring that out into the world and we act more and more from the awakened body. I think I'll I'll just finish that thought with, um, there's a book which I like and a teacher I like a lot. There's a teacher of the body named Reginald Ray, Reggie Ray, has a book called Touching Enlightenment, which I think I mentioned yesterday. just wanted to read a short passage from here to finish. It's about this way that the awakened body leads us in acting and guides us. He says, The spontaneous life of the body becomes the source of our actions and engagements in the world. These are nothing less than expressions of the great compassion of a realized person, ultimately. But we do that in all sorts of other ways. So there it is. Those are the seven steps which came to me about 9 p.m. last night as I was saying, time to go to sleep, and came and I'm happy to have shared it with you this, this, with you this morning and hope that can be uh, maybe inspirational and uh, it was for me. And also give a little bit of a, a structure to what we're doing. 
to this whole, because we use the word awakening, gives a little bit of structure. And so we can say, okay, well, I'm still connecting. I'm still connecting with the body who are, I've connected some, and I just need to find ways to stabilize it more, stabilize it more and more. And that's a whole phase of development. It can be very beautiful. Or my body's there, but where's my heart? Where is it? Oh, there it is. So thank you for your kind attention. And um, I'll have a chance if there are any you know, questions or discussion. Maybe we'll do that later in the day. But I want to invite us to go into uh, a period of meditation now, into a quiet, a quiet sitting. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.